Where is Channing? What is Channing doing? I don't know. Call him. All right, we can we can get started without him. Do Shannon really call himself the wine lord, though? You don't know what he calls himself. I like, he doesn't know what he calls himself, to tell you the truth. Okay, I didn't know that. The wine lord. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Shut up. <laughs> you guys uh, like each other? Perk, I fuck with Perk. Yeah, I fuck with Perk. I mean, I'll have to lie just because we're recording. And I might put it out. No. Yeah, I mean, you know I don't... What? One of the things I love about betting my favorite sports is that I'm always finding new player props or game props that I like. And what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook is you can combine these props with other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout. It's called a same game parlay bet, and you can only find them on FanDuel. Switching over to the Major League Baseball, the Seattle Mariners play the Texas Rangers tonight. I like the Seattle money line, minus 166, and Kyle Seager to hit a home run at plus 290. If we combine those bets into a same-game parlay, a $1,000 bet would win $3,982.76 at plus 398 odds. FanDuel is so efficient, it is easy to place your bet fast during a game if you see a trend you like. My friends love betting on FanDuel Sportsbook. It's number one sportsbook in America, if you didn't know. And hey, when you win, FanDuel pays your winnings in as little as 24 hours. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today to create a same-game parlay and use promo code ROADTRIPPING at sign-up. New users get their first bet risk-free up to $1,000. That's $1,000. And FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 back in site credit if you don't win. That is promo code ROADTRIPPING, so they know I sent you. Disclaimer 21 and older and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Site credit is non-withdrawable and expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See sportsbook.fanduel.com for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. 1-800-BETS-OFF for Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Indiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, or Virginia. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee, or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Don't get stuck doing the same old workouts. Making progress towards a future you means overcoming new challenges. FitBod creates a fitness program that continually adapts with new exercises and dynamic intensity that adjust to how you're progressing. So you'll be challenged to meet your goals at your own pace. Listen, there's no perfect body that everyone can achieve, but what we can do is continually become a better version of ourselves. No workout is one size fits all. FitBod creates a fitness program that continually adapts to you. So stay challenged with new exercises, pacing, and intensity based on where you are and where you want to be. Doing the same old exercises is boring. Good gracious. Man, FitBod has all new exercises all the time, and it'll actually help you keep sight of your progress and motivate you even more. To me, my favorite part of the app is that I love working out at home, but I also like going to the gym, and I can take this app to both places. My favorite and best benefit of this app is that I don't need to think. The app tells me what workouts to do. I do it. I feel better. I fit in my jeans. I got my hot dad bod going. We're all good. FitBot understands that the path to achieving your best looks 
are different for everyone. FitBod creates a program based on your unique body, experience, and environment to their algorithm that uses data and analytics to help you build on your last workouts to maximize your results. Whether you're exercising three days a week or twice a day, every workout is scientifically proven to be better than the last. FitBot workouts are balanced to avoid overworking muscles with varied exercises to keep you sharp. No equipment, no worries. FitBot has body weight routines for those looking to get fit at home. FitBot is super easy to use and even has HD video tutorials to make learning new exercises a breeze. Personalized training can be tough on a budget, but FitBot is only $9.99 a month or $59.99 a year. Sign up now and you'll get 25% off of your membership. Pick up the pace on your fitness journey with FitBod today and your future self will thank you. Get 25% off your membership at fitbod.me slash roadtripping. That's 25% off at fitbod.me backslash roadtripping. Like what, what kind of grapes are they? It's, it's a... Well, let's let's officially get into the podcast and you can cheers us since you are drinking um Damn it. it's wednesday my dudes wine wednesday yeah. welcome to this welcome to this edition of road trip and presented by fanduel i'm your host ali clifton alongside richard jefferson shading fry and you see him right there uh when don't you see him he is the one and only big perk kendrick perkins um i would argue that these are probably the three most easily willing chill, hilarious, debatable people that you'll ever come across. Do yes. you agree? No, I, I believe that I am. Yes. No, yes, see, 100%. See, I will agree with you only to prove that I'm not a debatable person. So I'm going <laughs> to agree with you. In spite of this, I'm going to agree. Well, well Shannon, Ali, it's the difference between you debating. You say Shannon. Say Chan. He can't. He can't say it. There's a chub. There's a chub. Shut up. Look, <laughs> it's a difference. Shut up. Did he just say shut up? Hey, hey, Ali. It's a difference. I'm here. Yeah. It's a difference between debating and hating. Okay. Oh, Richard yeah. is a hater, and he knows it, right? He's just a hater. Like, no, no, but the, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Listen, I am probably, you know, top. In, in in categories, I'm like top two oh, in like sure. five different five different different hating categories. Funniest hater, quickest hater, oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. like most unreasonable. That, yeah, most unreasonable that will just argue with you, even not even believing what I'm saying, just oh, for the sure. sake of arguing. Well, I mean, at least you're sure. on your road, though. That's the yeah. Oh, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm that you're on your road, and I love it. Like you. Yeah. Embrace yeah. that role and you really do it a great job. Okay. Well, I, I, I appreciate it because look, as the reigning 2020, you know, hater of the year, right? Like I'm coming, I'm trying. Oh, no, no, no. There's some other dudes that definitely were no, hating. There's some other dudes, but like, you know, there's going to be some other dudes that going to like show up and throw out some salt, throw out a little bit of hate, 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 hate. But that's not what we're doing over here. I, I have to ask though, because Perk, for someone who has to do it daily with, Richard on television. At least Channing gets to do it on a podcast, and you can literally just be like, "I'm on TV now." Well, with Richard, I'm saying. Oh God, no! How isn't it like exhausting when you have to debate with him because he thinks he's right no matter what every single time? 
No, you know what? It's not because he's wrong 75% of the time. So when he when he sets himself up and I already be having a comeback form, I mean it just it, it really Allie, 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 and see this is the thing that like you know, Ali, you spend a lot of time with analysts. Yeah, me off. I all even... of the, every analyst thinks they're right all the time, or else we wouldn't get into the job of being an analyst. That's why Perk thinks he's right all the time, all the time. And if he's wrong, this is what Perk is a master at. If Perk is wrong, he will tell you why, how they messed up that made him wrong. Oh, I think so-and-so is going to win if they lose. Well, I said they were going to win if they rebounded the ball well, they played defense. They didn't do none of those things that they did. So like, Perk is inadvertently saying that he is right. They were wrong, and they because they made their mistakes, they made him wrong, which is genius. I mean, that's, that's just breaking down the game. <laughs> that's breaking down the game. That's not Perk, tough enough that I, I do got a question, though. I got a question. Because I think when we interviewed you, you were just tipping your toes in the thing. And you went from tipping your toes to skinny dipping in the middle of the lake with Jason Voorhees. <laughs> it's I mean, an awful picture, but I mean, you know. now we really don't want to visualize me skinny dipping anywhere. Yeah, we see manatees. You don't you live in Florida? Did you just call Perk a manatee? Everyone deserves love, Perk. Everyone deserves to be loved. Listen, you're a work in progress. Hey, listen. So, change, change. Stand your ground. You were at summer league with Perk. Did you did you see the chair that they had Perk sitting in? No, right. I was there the last three days because I'm a rookie and I'm real new. Oh. And it was like a I'm a wild card. They didn't know what was gonna come out of my mouth, so they gave me the three the six games that nobody was gonna watch. You talking about you did like the final games, dog? I wasn't there, RJ, but as, <laughs> as usual, you always interrupted. Shannon was asking the question. Can you just call back for a second? It's not all about you, okay? Dang, okay. So, Perk, do you even remember what the question was? If not, I can set you back up. What was the question? He wants to know when you were on the podcast the first time around, you were just tipping your dipping your toes in the water, and now you're skinny dipping. In terms of your career. See, Perk. Podcasting, being on this side. I thought that was him, like, dropping bars to set up his question. No, oh, no, no, that was hard. No, the question was like, yeah. did you think you would go from zero to a hundred that quickly? No, I didn't. <laughs> Me either. And, 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 and here's why. I caught a lot of criticism when I first started, right? People had to, to adjust to big perk, broken English, country slang, country sayings. You know, people don't understand. I made mumble at times. But they get the hell what I'm talking about. And I think finally, after a lot of repetition and them seeing me on television, that they was like, you know what? Perk is who he is, and he do be speaking facts. And he's gonna speak, he's gonna he's gonna speak his mind, he's not gonna hold back, and he's gonna stand behind what he believes in. So I just think that it took me a lot of reps, right? I had my back, my ups, I had my downs. Um, and I just, I just kept working on it. Like I would really catch myself in the bathroom, looking in the mirror, prepping on certain things. Especially. Were you fully clothed? Were you clothed? 
Are why we... is that? Why is why is you even worried about that? <laughs> <laughs> he was singing. Uh, uh, like, like, you were so beautiful. Like, that's like, 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 Perk, how long did it take you to think of that? What? Richard showering with the shower cap on. Uh, like five seconds. <laughs> well, that's not five seconds, but we get what you're trying to say. Yeah. Five seconds is this. One, two. It oh, took him like okay. two thanks, for, seconds. thanks for clarifying, Canning. You're welcome. Oh, okay, Perk. So with that said, we actually reached out to a bunch of our, our listeners and we had some questions that were sent in. We're going to handle a lot of them at the end of the podcast. But along these lines that Channing just asked, DJ Hella Yella actually asked, what was one of your biggest misconceptions going into media after your playing career? That was going to be easy. Well, well, first of all, you have to break this down in lamest terms, okay? I, I didn't go to college, Allie, so you have to... You didn't? No, I didn't. I, you have oh. to break this question down in fluid terms for me, what DJ Yella is trying to say. So what is he really trying to ask me? Oh, like, oh, let me let, you got it, Rich. Right. No, no, no. <laughs> Show that Arizona education. You got it. No, he, I'm he's trying to ask you what what was what was the one thing that when you got into the media surprised you in your transition? What was the you know thing what? that surprised you the most? Like, oh, like shit. You know what? I thought I thought it was just watching the games, going on television, and just talk about what you saw the previous night. And then I, I, I've learned and I've, like so many re reporters, so many analysts, so many, you know, uh, journalists have earned my respect because of the time that they put in. The five o'clock production meetings, staying up late on the computer, doing their homework, whether it's stat, you know, researching stats, numbers, or whatever the case may be, I have a lot more respect for people that are in this industry that grinded to get where they are. So I think that's the that's the one thing that caught me by surprise was the preparation that everyone puts in. That's why I have the utmost respect for every reporter, every journalist that's out there today because people don't understand. I had to tell someone it's really working like a nine to five. And you may only mm -hmm. work six hours. hours. Oh, you gonna work six hours? You go, they gonna keep hours. Oh, you gonna you gonna work it's, six hours? It's just like the production meeting is just, you know, and each show is different, right? So I learned that as well. To get up, you got two minutes to say what you got to say. Sometimes you may only have forty-five seconds. Uh, first take. You're gonna debate, but I learned not to throw all your your jabs and hooks out there first that you got to keep some in the chamber to be able to counter what somebody's going to come back at you with because it's a debate show. On the jump, it's more friendly. You could be outspoken, but if you get on there with RJ, you got to be prepared to go back and forth. <laughs> right? So that's that's like what I learned the most that caught me by surprise. Just I got a whole nother level of respect for all the journalists, reporters, everybody that's in the media industry. No, Allie and I had, had talked about it at times. It's the cadence. So, so like me and Perk do all of those things 
And then, you know, like Perk also has to do like the sports center hits. Like I don't do as many sports center hits where it's like, give us a quick 30 seconds or we're going to ask you these two questions in two minutes and you're going to do that on multiple sports centers. So you add that and there's a different cadence to everyone. For me, the one, the other, the extra cadence that I have to learn is calling games, which Channing, you got it. You got your tone. And ladies and gentlemen, Allie Clifton called the last two Sparks games. So you it was on NBA TV last night. So she's calling national. Okay, Allie. So, but the cadence, the cadence of calling a game now. And when you're sitting next to like, when you're doing a studio show, it's all the kind of the same. It's just your, like your seconds. But when you're sitting next to Mike Breen or Ryan Rucco or mm-hmm. Mark Jones, like, you got to learn their cadence also. You got to learn when they get in and out, how long you have. And then obviously you have to break down the game in very, very quick bites, commercial breaks, like all that shit. It is so hard. That's why like when people always want to, you know, talk trash about, you know, the commentators, I'm like, man, y'all don't understand how much work. They don't like nobody. This. No, they don't like nobody. No, they don't like nobody. Every, everybody everybody feels like, <laughs> they could do better until they like they have to get in front of that TV, yeah. that camera, right? Yeah. And even like I got, I got a lot of love for doing a draft show, and then some people hate it. Like some people in the industry, like a guy by the name of Jeff Goodman, right? He can't. Jeff Goodman's trash. You know who Jeff Goodman is? Who? That was the guy that tried to chime in yeah. on the 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 Lute Olson situation. Yeah. Yeah, like he's a damn hater, right? And what he didn't realize is that he tried to come at me sideways about the draft. But what he didn't realize, all he does is focus on college kids, high school kids, and that's his thing is the draft. Well, I went straight from the finals to having like a week to prep for all these, you know, Guys, that these draft prospects, hundred kids, yeah, yeah. hundred kids, yeah. For the draft, so that's a what six hour show. I mean, this is my first time. I'm up there with Jay Billis. I'm up there with Mike Smith. That's been around the world. That's what he do for a living. So it's kind of like, all right, I had limited time, but it's just so many people think that they could do what we do until the camera actually get in their face. Well, another for the last thing, that, real, real quick, Ali, the last thing that I'll say is that your job on there was to talk about what team they got drafted. So your job was to talk about how they were going to transition to their team. Your job wasn't to talk about college and really the college kids. It's more about like, oh, stinks. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, it's like so, yeah, so and so. Yeah, I don't watch JV unless Trash. it's my college, unless it's a great game, or unless it's the NCAA tournament. That's the only time I'm watching the JV. I also would argue that the one thing that all three of you share, and it's a part of the transition that I think we're in naturally with um, media, sports media, for what we all are holding a place in is one, you guys do not grow into the positions and the spaces that you have at the rate that you have if you don't have something special and unique about you. And the one thing that I think you guys provide that we haven't seen enough of in this space is the entertainment value. And so you talk about the draft show perk and you're being surrounded by those that have studied the college game inside and out. And they've done it for years. You talk about the preparation, something that you will never short, but 
there's also an element to you that you provide that maybe they don't at the clip that you do. And that's the entertainment. And I think all three of you have done such a good job because it's something that we need. And it's something that I think this generation, the younger generation um, wants and craves. And so I think there's something to that that's powerful. With that said, how hard is it to balance because you want to be taken serious, but in the same breath, there is a side to you guys that's just natural, and that's to have fun and to entertain. Well, I mean, I think it's it's not that hard for me. I mean, <laughs> seriously, I mean, whatever. I it, I really don't give a damn. Like, so I'm gonna say what I say. I may, you know, like I said, speak with broken English or whatever the case may be. I may crack a joke. It may be corny or it may be funny. Very it's a hit corny. miss. No, it's very funny. You just yeah, mad. Yeah, you don't have. Uh, I got. Oh, I am the funniest. I am the funniest one. You don't have richism. I have perkism. I have bars. Like right now, putting the pot on you. But here's the thing, right? This is the this is the thing, Ali, that I feel like. With, with us three on here for as Richard and Dan and former players, right? None of us are Hall of Famers, okay? Hell no. And walking walking into the media, Hall of Famers, when they finish their career, they get the red carpet rolled out for them, right? Like they get the big platform, they get the big payday just because of their basketball resume. And I think right now, what we're doing is we're showing the next generation or the younger group that's coming up under us that you don't have to have, have a Hall of Fame career or you don't have to be a franchise player to be able to come into the media and be successful at the same level as the other guys. Because some of the guys that had Hall of Fame careers are not good on TV. I'm not mm -hmm. going to call out their name, but I just think we're paving the way for others to come in and say, you know what? I could come on here, I could be myself. I don't have to do this. I, I could be myself and I don't have to have this type of resume in the NBA to be successful in the media game. Can I, can I say this? Some of the best people to listen to when it comes to sports are the people that have been through every situation. They've started, they've won, they've lost, they've got DMPs, they didn't they got hurt. They, they're empathetic to every situation. And so like, but there's a sense of humility, right? So when I'm, you know, when I was doing my games, you know, obviously I'm cracking jokes 90% of the time because this basketball is fun. And at the end of the day, I can only talk. If I was on the bench, how I'm talking is exactly without the cuss mm -hmm. words, yeah. how I would talk on the bench. So if I say, if you're on my team, I remember, I think yesterday they shot six air balls. I was like, you know, I'm thinking in my mind, damn, are we having an earthquake? What's up with these kids? <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's funny. You're playing in an NBA game for your life, right? These, these kids are getting their opportunity and they're shooting up air balls. And so like, you know, I know what they're thinking because I've been there. You've been there. Rich has been there. So I'm trying to make it lighthearted. So it's not as like, it's not as serious as you think. Like, even though you missed one, you got 18 points already. You just shot a, a whatever shot. And so for mm -hmm. me, it's like, when you, you look at this game and when you look at like who is the best to listen to, it's somebody that relates to the 15th guy, the coach, understanding the big picture and understanding like what the superstar is trying to do with the role players 
and the young guys, and, and just you want to see the whole picture. Right. You don't want somebody to say, "Well, shoot it every time." What the fuck? That, no, that, that <laughs> don't work. That don't no, work. But 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 also also Allie, like for instance, Allie just called a game. Allie, how much prep did you have for you? I was just about to exit it. Yeah, how much prep did you have to do for these two games? And knowing that you cover the WNBA, but you don't cover the WNBA as well as you cover as much as you cover the NBA. It's like like Perk watch it, watches college basketball, but he doesn't deep dive into like, it. It's like Perk how, working out. He worked yeah. out, but he don't, <laughs> don't work, work out. out. <laughs> he don't work out. Like Richard is a one, I'm a five, Perk is a ten. <laughs> well, I will say this, like my motto with anything that I do is that lack of preparation will not be the reason why I fail. So I will prepare, I will over-prepare. And half the time, as you guys know, calling games, you don't even use 90%. You'll use about 10% of the actual preparation, the numbers, um, stats, et cetera. I will say when the W started, what? No, no, go ahead, go ahead. When the W started this season, I knew that I wasn't coming on board until after the Olympic break. But you still have to dial in. You have to watch the games, right? That's the familiarity. Well, I knew that my first game was the first game, first three after the Olympic break. I have been to Glendale for the first time in my life. I have sat in traffic just to get to practice. I have been Glendale, to nine times in the last four days on the call with Coach Fish. I've been on the call with the dream head coach. You talk to the opposing. All I've done this week is Sparks. This is the first break that I've got. Now, granted, I have Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. It is a lot. But as all of us know, there is nothing worse than being put in a position on live television and not being prepared, Ooh, not knowing oh. where to go next, mm. not having an answer. Mm. That anxiety, respect, like I say this with the utmost respect to anxiety and those, that is, no. that no. is what will get you kicked out of this profession. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Weiner is the best. Because like we summer league, especially the last three days, they be getting people about the street to come who. So like their list, they were like, we had to ask the media people who's playing on this list. They were like, no, 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 no. Add to the add these guys. We're like, we don't even know where these guys come from. So it's like, you know, obviously the NBA is not like that, but summer league is like, you know, hey, some game somebody hurt, we gotta go scoop somebody up from Lithuania and he just go have to play 48 minutes tonight and it's just like but you know it is what you think of it Channing what it was your first time calling games something that I found it early in my like like the first contract I signed was with the yes network to to call games and do some stuff what'd you think of it like now again you're in Vegas now imagine showing up an hour before the game 90 minutes before the game sitting down doing your kind of prep your work calling the game and then walking out as soon as that game is over. Uh, it was nice. That was nice. But I had to do back-to-backs. Yeah. So that was tough. My butt hurt, hurt and my hips were tight. You know, I got tight hips. I'll be doing a Peloton. Shout out Peloton. Give me a sponsor. Uh, <laughs> so, okay, good. The great thing about it was when you're in the studio, you see like a helicopter view of what's going on. You see the big picture. You're looking at other games. When you're in the game, dude, something clicks. Mm-hmm. You're there where you're like smelling the popcorn. You're hearing people, people, somebody's mama behind you. That's right, baby. 
get his ass, get his ass. You know, they yelling and shit, you know. <laughs> like, you feel all that, like, kind of energy. You can kind of, I don't know, what Richard, Richard go. And then- I'm here, I'm here. My, my computer's- no, So for me, I love that. And seeing all the people that I haven't seen before and since I retired was pretty amazing. Um, seeing all my ex-teammates, like coaches, GMs, like right. everything. You're like, damn. And so for me, when I call the game, I try to call it fair, but I also try to call it in a sense of what I want to do is make, basketball should be fun. And players, I think nowadays, and I'll probably get roasted for this, I think are a little too sensitive about what we say in the moment, right? So if I say that's a trash shot right now, their people think that I'm saying he's a trash player. I've won a championship. I played with a 1A, 1B, greatest player of all time. I played with 12-something Hall of Famers. I know what good basketball is supposed to be. I may not be a Hall of Famer. I know what good basketball is supposed to look like. I may not be right all the time. So when I tried to do it, I was trying to show the people who are listening the good plays. And so like last night, the Pelicans, I don't know what, they must have had extra spicy gumbo. These were some dogs. And you, Perk, if you would have watched them last night versus the Timberwolves, they were up 30, picking up full court, mm -hmm. and their whole team was clapping for it. I didn't see that any other game. So that's a culture builder that I'm like, as a player, how can that transfer over to the real like NBA? And I'm excited to see that. So like, let's watch that. I don't care about the score. You got guys that are 15, 16, 17 on the bench in summer league, picking up your a one, a one B guys, in, you know, for the Minnesota Timberwolves, making it hell for them and everyone is supporting them. So that's a culture thing that like gets me more excited than the actual game that I want people to see more than, oh, well, he did a six dribble move and shot a step back. Well, guess what? 18 on the clock, bad shot. Well, <laughs> tell him, Channing. Can, can I say this right to, that, to the uh, first question? I want to say this. The hardest thing for me when I first started in the media to where I'm at now is that you get caught up in the moment of not want to step on anybody's toes, right? They call it, quote, unquote, the NBA brotherhood. But what I found out is, is this. If you get caught trying to be that guy that, that you know, don't want to speak your mind or oh. don't speak on what you see, then you're going to have a short career in the media. So mm -hmm. right now, like, I love it when people say, oh, this is Kendrick, NBA champion Kendrick Perkins. But, like, to me, basketball is in the past. Now I'm actually an NBA analyst, right? So I would rather be called that because I actually take my job very seriously. I mean, your so trip now, is a lot older than ours. Ours is still fresh, though. So. <laughs> I get it. I get it. You got a crusty up. ass ring. Your ring, like, your ring like, is a Prius. Our, our, yeah, ours still smells like champagne. Like yours <laughs> smells like rust. Yeah, it's perfectly <laughs> fine. It's perfectly yeah, rust fine. And, 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 but I guess y'all can go sell mine for more in Boston than y'all can sell y'all's. Okay. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. 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 I'll let you finish, but that cap. Look, no, that's not cap. But look, the kids say cap. Cap front, ass. 
So I had to come, I had to come to the conclusion that you know what? Look, if I lose friends behind basketball talk or something that I've said on TV about moves that were made or plays that were made or guys playing bad or whatever the case may be, then they wasn't my friend anyway, because a real friend would know that I have a job to do. And so certain times when I like going to summer league, I'm walking into the gym and I know it's certain general managers, certain coaches that I didn't say things about that's probably looking at me sideways, <laughs> but I didn't get that effect. I didn't get that. Like it's times that I didn't say stuff about David Griffin with the New Orleans Pelicans. I didn't like the hive uh, of Stan Van Gundy, right? I seen Griff at Summer League and the energy was still the same like when I was on the Cavs roster. Uh -huh. So he understood. Same with Kobe Altman. Same with other guys that I saw around. Like they were like, Perk, man, we love you on TV. And I'm like, you didn't hear about you didn't hear what I said about you. <laughs> Let me, yeah, go on, Perk. I was no, gonna follow up for you. And, and so I just I just realized that I'm like, you know what? This is what I do. And at the end of the day, your real partners know that this is your job and you're your partners. partners. Can you say that? that? Can you say that? Partners, not partners. Partners. No, Channing and I both enunciate. Okay. I say that. It? Partners. Perk, how much do you, because you are one of those that you do not hold back. Those. You're one of those that does not hold back. You speak oh. what you feel. Um, and sometimes takes may seem harsher than others. How, do you have open lines of communications with players, coaches, GMs? Like, are you making those phone calls? Are you interacting with them before, maybe not before or after, whenever it may come? I do. I do. And, and look, like, I'm still, I'm still cool with, like, 99% of the people that I work with for as general managers, players that I play with, coaches, or whatever the case may be. There's only one guy that really had a problem with me that I played with, and his name Kevin Durant. Everybody else been pretty damn cool with, with how I've been going about my career. Like, I didn't say things about Sam Presti, right? Me and Sam Presti still have conversations. Like, a lot of people understand what's going on. I didn't say things about Danny Ainge. Danny Ainge yeah. tells me every single day. And when I yeah. say every single day, I literally mean every single day we'd be like, on your cholesterol <laughs> what you said <laughs> don't pay that yet no but i do the same thing with bootenholzer so like bootenholzer Booty you know, yeah so you know we've all been very critical of my guy bud but like bud is an arizona absolutely guy. he's an arizona guy he's from is holbrook it? yeah he's from holbrook he used to coach at lute olsen basketball camp He's the coach at like Lou Wilson basketball camp, like when he was super, super young. His dad is in the Arizona Hall of Fame for like no, yeah, Holbrook. So, so when I got to the Spurs, like Bud was somebody like gravitated towards each other and, and just awesome. So then, like all of a sudden, it's like, dude, this dude has my college roots. He's got my state roots. Like I, I loved him in San Antonio as an assistant coach. He's a great dude. He gets to the Bucks after he had a great career, and they were like, look, Buck, Bud is a great coach. The problem was, like, in the postseason, there were times that he would run into LeBron James and he was running to some other people. Shannon and he Fry. would lose. Channing Fry. But 
point being is we were super critical of them. Like, you know, there might've been rumors of the dumbest team in basketball and all this other stuff that was going on. Yeah. And I see him in the hallway. They were. No, but I'm saying I see him in the hallway at the Fister when they had two wins and I see him, I see him and I'm like, but he comes up and like chest bumps me. He like chest bumps me. He's like, and I'm like, like, we're like hype. Like we just won a game. Like we were like on the same staff. I'm like, dude, two more games, man. Two more games. Because like ultimately as an individual, I'm rooting for him because I know him. Right. It's not like I'm rooting for the Bucks. It's like, dude, I'm saying the same thing to Jay Crowder. Like, dude, come on, Jay. Come on, Jay. Let's get this done. So it, it's, you know. <laughs> no, it's not about straddling the fence. It's just rooting for people. Like I'm not, I don't have a, a, a horse in the race, but if I mess with Bud, Bud, I'm rooting for you, man. I'm rooting for you. Hey, Jay, I'm, you know, you were a great teammate on multiple teams. I'm rooting for you, dog. I don't have like one, like I don't win. So you root for people and when they win, you know, good for them. But you have to be able to separate it. And that's why I don't mind being known as a hater. I don't because everyone knows that either what's going to come out of my mouth will either be facts sarcasm or hate that's all you are a joke those are the only four languages that i speak and so like you know oh he's just hating good as long as you know i'm just hating and talking shit then we're gonna be fine i love this talk but i also want to talk hoops with you guys um and we have a question so i think we'll use this to dive into it um la lebron 23 said since kendrick perkins which you have to remind me of this part was a teammate of lebron right ad Mm -hmm. Were you a teammate of ADs? Yep, with the Pelicans for one year. Damn, how many teams you play with? Yeah, come on, Allie, that's my dog. I played play with- I just cared when he was in Cleveland and I was there. Cause that I was- I played with four teams. Oh, really? No way. Boston, Cleveland, Pelicans, Thunder. Oklahoma City. Yeah. That's it, okay, anyways. Damn. Damn. Talk about preparation. Good job, Allie. Um, okay, so since you were a teammate of LeBron, AD, and Russ at one point in your career, what did what does he see in them that makes him believe they will work out as a big three? Well, well, one, I've, I've went to the finals two times with LeBron James, so I know what he's capable of doing. I also went to the finals with Russell Westbrook, Right. So as a youngster, and I watched Russell Westbrook sacrifice. I watched Russell Westbrook in big moments, knock down shots when people said he couldn't shoot or come up with big plays or outplay Tony Parker or outplay CP3 in the series. So I, I have trust in Russ. And when it comes down to Anthony Davis, when healthy, he's a gentleman. Oh, that's a big what? I mean, I mean, it's not a big what because he's – I mean, when they won it, he was healthy, right? We're in a bubble. It, it don't matter, Shannon. Like, he was healthy. So, when healthy, he's one of one, a generational talent, right? Oh, we, yes. like, a guy that could dominate on both ends of the floor. And I feel like, with far as it goes with Russell Westbrook, he's at a point of his career where the only thing that he needs to do is win a championship. And I feel like going team up with with LeBron, going over there with Anthony Davis, I feel like Russell Westbrook will let his pride go. And he will do the necessary things just to win. And we have to go back and look. Just think about this. 
when he was with the Houston Rockets, right? And the Houston Rockets at one point were playing arguably the best basketball in the NBA when they traded Clint Capella. Russell Westbrook was dominating in the paint so bad that he was putting up Shaq-type numbers. Russell Westbrook tore his quad muscle. He shouldn't have even been playing in the playoffs. But what I'm saying was people thought that Russ and James wasn't going to work out because they both ball dominant, right? But Russ found a way to make it work. And I just look at Russ' Russ situation in particular. He's going to sacrifice. He's going to play with a chip on his shoulder. He's back in L.A. in his hometown. He wants to win a championship. He wants to prove that, okay, y'all said I didn't get it done with Kevin Durant. But let me show you that I can't get it done with LeBron James. Ooh, you think he really hangs on to that? Oh, Russ? Absolutely. Yeah. Russ is one of those guys that he remembers everything. Like, you remember when Damian Lillard waved by to him? It was mm -hmm. a whole year later. He was in Houston. And he waited for Dame in a regular season game. And he went to work on Dame in the Portland Trailblazers. And he said after the game, way by to that shit. So yeah, it don't matter. It don't matter. I don't care. You you know. Well, listen. We both know the truth. Yes, we are glad that Russell. Like this is separate from your point, but like Russ, <laughs> I don't care how many times you cook him in the regular season. What Dame did was one of the coldest, most cold blooded things we've yeah, ever seen. And, but so I'm not, yeah, I'm, I'm not knocking oh, that. No, I know. I'm just more just saying like you didn't really get him back though, Russ. Yeah, yeah but if you if you pull up their numbers side by side, they head to head matchup in their career. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying that. Like we like, gonna pull up. Are we gonna pull up stats? Are we gonna pull up? One of the greatest shots in playoff history. Any bye bye. Stop it, Perky Lurky. Don't do this. Also, <laughs> I I was listening to you. I don't agree with you. I love Braun. I love AD. I like Melo. I like Russell Westbrook. It is twenty twenty one. There's not enough balls to go around. Oh, oh I, yeah, Chang, we're gonna Shannon, disagree because I, I, I disagree. Shannon, I don't I disagree. know. I don't. I would, but listen, listen. Have you guys watched? I don't know if you drinking wine. I don't know if you drinking MD twenty twenty. I don't even know if you drinking moonshine right now. But please rethink before you talk. Okay, think this over before you. Now you want to start this over again? No, I don't. I don't. Okay, so it's twenty twenty one, and it's so it's twenty twenty one. And it's not enough basketball. Let's talk about the three best teams during the regular season. We'll just talk the regular season. <laughs> yes or no? Yes. Go ahead. Now, I mean, you're already, you're already going to say no. That's, in the playoffs, it's a big what if. This old-ass team has to make it 82 games to the playoffs. Oh, I don't think – see, the, my, okay, change, change. But my thing is this. 82 games, it doesn't matter for this team. The, respectfully, I know people tried to say it last year about the Lakers just get to the playoffs healthy, right? Well, they didn't. They weren't able to get to the postseason healthy. Not a lot of teams were. So I, I, I think that them, the 82 games, I think they'll get through the 82 games. They're going to get through the 82 games. It's can they get to the end of it healthy, one. And Are they going to be a top four team in the West? Yeah. I yeah. Think if they're healthy, if they're healthy. But this, again, that's been so much that I – 
Channing, let's rephrase this. Let, I don't think we, we are talking okay. let's, no, 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 no. I'm saying let's say it this way. Let's say it this way. Right. Let's assume. It. Let's assume health for every team. Let's assume health for every team. Oh, the health for every team. Are, this team wins a championship. Well, they're not better than Brooklyn, but yeah, we're gonna we'll argue that point. They're not better than Brooklyn, but okay, that's so what I'm saying. So, Chan, argue that. Chan, if we're gonna say you're just saying that you don't think they will be healthy because if they I are healthy, think, they're the best team. I don't think they are built. I think defensively they'll be good. I think their floor spacing is going to be crappy. I think if you look at the, the what do you mean the floor spacing, Perk? Floor spacing, man. Floor spacing is so overrated. What? Yeah. Yes, it is. It is so overrated, and we just we just keep spending, keep spending. Perk, how is it overrated? Listen, let me tell Look you. Look at the team who won a championship. Listen. Look at the last ten teams that won a championship. The Milwaukee and the Bucks, best floor spacing the, the, the in the Milwaukee NBA. Bucks, the Milwaukee Bucks just won a championship, and PJ Tucker, Drew Holiday, and Chris Middleton was hitting the, the ball so hard off the side of the glass, I started ducking from my hotel room. Look, it's they in the right down, spot. I'm not talking listen, about they need to listen, make it. Listen. He's it, always in it. No, listen, come on. Floor spacing is more important than making the shot. Oh, okay, no. perk, perk, go. Perk. I'll let <laughs> you go. Come on, go ahead. I'll let you go. Listen, listen I'm, I'm, I'm not going to argue with you. I'm a Turner guy. Listen, I'm what I'm arguing is fry. Listen, fry. When you think about the guys that get paid the big bucks, that's the guys that take you home when it matters. Okay. When it comes down to a possession by possession game, the guys that get paid the big bucks are going to take you home. So when you look at a guy like Giannis, when Drew Holiday in game six, Chris Middleton, P.J. Tucker, none of those guys were nowhere to be found. Who took them home? Giannis. Giannis, Giannis took them home. They have a player in the lock with the Lakers that could possibly do that in Anthony Davis. Like everybody keeps saying that he's old, but let's not act like Anthony Davis can't put up a stat line of 40, 20, five and five steals and dominate both ends of the floor. Let's, act, let's not act like we haven't witnessed Anthony Davis do those, do those type of numbers on when they won their last championship. Russell Westbrook is only 32. Mm. He still has yeah. two. Anthony okay, Davis, by the way, is one of the four Anthony. youngest on the Lakers. So can I say this? Stylistically, is maybe what I, my point is. Russell Westbrook was on the fastest team in the NBA last year. They were top five in points, Washington Wizards. They were the worst defensively. So they said, score your points so we can score ours. You could check that stat and maybe oh, right or wrong. But was, that's what I think. He was playing with four G leaguers that nobody wanted. So, okay. So, okay. Here's right. my point. And he still. Russell that. Westbrook needs to play on a fast paced team. That is. In the Lakers. What? That is. Does not he not? No. It's not true. That is not true. Guys, guys, really quickly, the pace that Russell likes to play at, which I think will actually help take some of the pressure off LeBron, who at times can be a one-man fast break. It'll take the pressure off 
uh, it'll, and this is one thing that where I had, I had talked about a ton that I thought that the Lakers, if they would have gone the Schroeder KCP, bring everybody back route, which they had a very good team. They had a very, very good team. You know, if not for injuries to Bron and AD, that was a team that basically won the championship the year before minus, you know, some of the bigs like Dwight and JaVale point being is this LeBron can't carry you for 82 games in a postseason. He needs help. Fair. Anthony Davis can't carry you because he's always broken down. You bring in Russell Westbrook, if healthy, then when Bron needs to take a break, you got Russell and AD. When AD needs to take a break, you got Bron and Russell. When 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 Russell needs to take a break, so that's why I, I'm assuming that. When has Russell help. ever asked to take a break though? Like he don't no, 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 he, no, no, his no, motor don't work I, like I, that. No, we do. I'm talking about if you. Yeah, I know he I'm does. Talking, I'm about if you that goes to show that you haven't been watching the Wizards. That you didn't watch the Wizards play. Stop. The Wizards are one of my favorite teams to watch last year. You better okay, stop it. Well, it should known that. Him and Scott Brooks had the relationship that Russell Westbrook would come out I, six minutes to go in the first quarter. He would right. he would play the next eight minutes in the second quarter, and he would rest for two minutes, and he would come back the last. How the hell do you know this shit? Every it's the same rotation as Dirk. Work. Um, are the Lakers, if healthy, the team to be? Are they the favorites? Yeah. Oh, now of the entire NBA. It's Brooklyn and the Lakers. Brooklyn yeah, is yeah. one. But who is the favorite when it comes to the two of them? Like, I mean, Brooklyn. If they're both, if health is like this, <laughs> y'all tripping. Perk, you just said it. You, you find tripping. it hard to believe that someone could beat the Lakers in a seven-game series. You just said it the other day. Yeah. Oh Lord, have mercy. Nah, you no. Nah. I'm sorry. Okay, you you uh, on that yak tonight. I don't know. I'm on one. You on the yak. Okay, okay. So Perk has Perk has been very vocal. He has stated why and his take on the Lakers, whether it's here or socially. You guys are just sitting here saying no, you're crazy, you're yak, you're both. Okay. I'm not saying he's crazy. They're not saying they're not saying that that the Nets have got better at the center position. They're not saying none of this. Like Dwight Howard is still the best backup big in the NBA. Dwight Howard is still one of the Dwight Howard is still one of the most athletic bigs in the NBA. Still today, at the age of 30, you are you arguing that? I well. The Brooklyn Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, with all due respect, and I love the addition of Patty Mills off the bench, because Patty Mills is like a better version of Malik Monk. Right, Bobby so Kuchet. let's just let, let let's just let's just talk about that. And I like put that shrimp on the barbie. Yeah, yeah. But, all day. But my, no, but my thing with when you're talking about the Brooklyn Nets and what they have gone is they've gone extremely hard into shooting. Right, like that's what they that's what they're doing. They and got Joe, Joe Harris. Harris then you bring him. I know Joe Harris didn't hit, but like you you can't just judge somebody purely off that. Joe Harris still creates space for those guys to go to work. Right. The problem was, is that they needed him to hit shots because so many guys were hurt. If he isn't hurt, if so many guys aren't hurt, then you don't need Joe Harris to hit as many shots as he as you needed him for them to be successful. And he didn't. Joe Harris did not deliver. I'm not here to look. That's not the argument here. The Joe, But at the end of the day, that man still creates space. He's led the league in three point percentage two of the last three years. Now he creates space. Point being is, you're not leaving to go help on James Harden and leaving Joe Harris. You're not they, leaving they to go did. help on. They did. They did because there was no Kyrie and James Harden couldn't. I understand. Move. They left Joe Harris wide open and wasn't contesting them. 
contesting his shots. That's he, not that, that, no. He hit some. He missed some open shots, but they weren't leap. They weren't like not rotating the Joe Harris perk. Come on now, dog. Oh, lucky. Don't do that. Don't For do that. our guests, we're gonna take a quick break, but before we do, you get the final word on this. I, I just want to know, right? When Russell Westbrook and LeBron James start imposing their will on the low block, who in the hell is going to stop them? Along with Anthony Davis. See, here's the problem. Nobody on the, we keep talking about how much firepower, the spacing and all that, but who in the hell is going to stop Anthony Davis? Please, somebody tell me that. I get nervous when you tell me that Anthony Davis has to be the best player on the court in order for that team to win the championship. Because it, I agree with you. This is what this is where I'll concede to Perk. If Anthony Davis plays, we all remember like probably three, four games into that finals. People were like, shit, Anthony Davis looks like he's going to win finals MVP, right? Yes. Everybody remembers that. And that's why the Lakers were dominant because Anthony Davis was playing like the best player in the series. Not LeBron, not Jimmy Butler, not, not Bam. It, you know, it was Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis plays, if Anthony, mind you, Bam, Bam was hurt too. If Anthony Davis plays like the best player or plays like a top three player in that series, the Nets don't have an answer. The Nets don't have an answer for Anthony Davis. Like they don't, like unless they just shoot the lights off. But so yeah. that being said, Perk, that being said, I don't feel like I can count on Anthony oh. Davis being a top three player in the world in the NBA Finals when the moment is needed the most. Okay, I'm going to say this, Allie, okay? okay. I'm going to say this. Just you know. better not be addressing me and talking to Allie. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying. Okay, that's just just Look at me, Anthony, talk to him. Anthony Davis. Look at me, talk to him. Anthony Davis. Look, 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 look at look. Look. Allie. You Anthony, hang on, hang on. I cannot hear what he's saying. Anthony Davis, what? He, he, he doesn't say a lot. He don't talk noise. You know this, right? Mm -hmm. He don't say a lot. But one thing I'm, I'm gonna remind you all of is that he is not feeling all this Giannis getting credit stuff. So I'm I'm thinking, me personally, that Anthony Davis is gonna come back next year on a whole nother mission. You can fix your face all crazy if you want to over there looking like a little Labrador or something. And on that note, we will carry on this conversation on the flip side, answering viewer questions. This episode of Road Trippin' is brought to you by Bourbon Time. Even if you don't have a traditional nine to five schedule, there is no denying that this past year has changed the way that work and rest intersect. Without a designated office to come home from, we're missing that natural break in our days. Our friends at Jim Beam recognize this phenomenon and they wanna help us out. Beat the burnout and start blocking off the hour of 6 to 7 p.m. as your me time, where you can do what you love for you and only you. And what better way to spend my me time than with my feet up enjoying a nice smooth glass of Jim Beam. So let's make the idea of bourbon time a reality. Join me in reclaiming 6 to 7 p.m. as the happiest hour so you can do whatever it is that makes you happy. And if that involves a glass of bourbon, remember to drink Jim Beam responsibly. Jim Beam Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, 40% alcohol by volume, copyright 2021, James B. Beam Distilling Company, Claremont, Kentucky. One of the things I love about betting my favorite sports is that I'm always finding new player props or game props that I like. And what's cool about FanDuel Sportsbook is you can combine these props with other bets from the same game to score an even bigger payout. 
It's called a same-game parlay bet, and you can only find them on FanDuel. Switching over to the Major League Baseball, the Seattle Mariners play the Texas Rangers tonight. I like the Seattle money line, minus 166, and Kyle Seager to hit a home run at plus 290. If we combine those bets into a same-game parlay, a $1,000 bet would win $3,982.76 at plus 398 odds. FanDuel is so efficient, it is easy to place your bet fast during a game if you see a trend you like. My friends love betting on FanDuel Sportsbook. It's number one sportsbook in America, if you didn't know. And hey, when you win, FanDuel pays your winnings in as little as 24 hours. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app today to create a same-game parlay and use promo code ROADTRIPPING at sign-up. New users get their first bet risk-free up to $1,000. That's $1,000, and FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 back in site credit if you don't win. That is promo code ROADTRIPPIN, so they know I sent you. Disclaimer 21 and older and present in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Site credit is non-withdrawable and expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See sportsbook.fanduel.com for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 for Colorado. 1-800-BETS-OFF for Iowa. 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Indiana, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, or Virginia. Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789, Tennessee, or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. Hey, Road Trippin' fam. Did you know that FitBod creates a fitness program that continually adapts with new exercises and dynamic intensity that adjust to how you're progressing? So you'll be challenged to meet your goals at your own pace. There's no perfect body, we all know that, that everyone can achieve, but what we can do is continually become a better version of ourselves. I feel like I personally am getting stronger, faster, thanks to the personalized training. I normally get bored of workout routines. It's actually my, in general, lifestyle. I get bored very easily, and especially after a week or two. However, FitBod keeps things fresh for me and my exercise routine. FitBod helps me work out every muscle group without overworking any of them. FitBod creates a program based on your unique body experience and environment. Their logarithm uses data, which I love, and analytics to help you build on your last workout to maximize your results. You're constantly in a growth mindset phase. And whether you're exercising three days a week or twice a day, every workout is scientifically proven to be better than the last. What's not to love about that? Um, oh, by the way, no equipment, no worries. FitBod has body weight routines for those looking to get fit in at home or on the go. It integrates with other fitness and health apps like Apple Health, Fitbit, and Strava. Personalized training can be tough on the budget, but FitBot is only $9.99 a month or $59.99 a year. So sign up now and you'll get 25% off your membership. Pick up the pace on your fitness journey with FitBot today and your future self, it'll thank you. Get 25% off your membership at fitbot.me backslash roadtrippin'. That's 25% off at fitbot.me backslash roadtrippin'. What'd you do? Uh, you need to call your Uber Eats? No, no, no. I need my computer charge. Go ahead. All right, we're back. Channing, you wanted to discuss if it's not the Lakers and the Nets, who would it be? Yeah, I, I think like the NBA is in such an amazing place. You look at all the young talent, you look at all these contracts, and then who's, you know, the, the, you have two or three super teams, quote unquote. 
And then who's next? Like, if something happens, who's going to take over that throne? I want to hear from Perk, Perk the Lurk. No, I actually want to hear from you. You the one that asked the question. You want to know? You shoot your I think because I don't know. Because Kawhi Leonard is not coming back. So if the Clippers were to play the Lakers, the Lakers will win that series. Utah, Utah is suspect as usual. And I, they yes. are. No, no, I'm agreeing with you. Okay, okay. Utah, Utah is is so like I hate cheering for them. They play yep. good basketball, right? But then they're like Gonzaga of college. They got a great regular season, and then when the LED lights and that that light get bright, all of a sudden, all right, just don't they don't have a championship. And then the Phoenix Suns, I understand they're coming back the same, but they don't stand a chance against this Laker team. All right, mm -hmm. so then you go to the Denver Nuggets, Jamal Murray, like coming off an ACL injury. Me tearing my ACL, knowing that it really takes 22 months for you to really get back to your normal self. I don't know. So I don't, I mean, you got the Golden State Warriors, but I don't know if they ready for that heat. See, this is where experience kick in. This is where you have a guy like Trevor Ariza and, and, and guys like that, that like they, they, like you have to realize this is, a, let me tell you. Playing against the, listen, playing against the Los Angeles Lakers is like a boxer first time fighting Floyd Mayweather. It's not when you get in the ring. It's the preparation, the mega fight, the big events, the weigh-in, all the stuff, right? Mentally, you're not ready for that moment. So going to play the Lakers, right, you know it's a national televised game. It's going to be star-studded out. You got five Hall of Famers walking on the damn court from their side. We, that's, we, we haven't even talked about Melo. And you have these young guys, they're going to be looking like, you heard what Kay Cunningham said? LeBron James is my GOAT. So, like, these guys are going to be walking into arenas and, like, the Detroit Pistons, for example, they're going to probably have a crowd of about 15,000 on a regular night. When the Lakers come in town, it's going to be standing room only. They're not ready for that. Shannon, it's, a, it's just different. That's fair. He said it right. <laughs> right. I, I, it is different. Because I was in Orlando, and then I remember, oh, <laughs> we were trash. We were the worst team, but we had mad talent. But when everybody else's good team came in, we played hella good. Why? Because we had a great crowd. Yeah. Man, I, yeah. I, I would say my three would be Phoenix, Golden State and Denver. If something happens health-wise to the Lakers, I think those three teams are hungry enough. I would say Golden State, Phoenix, then Denver, then Denver. Can I can I can I ask y'all this? Yes, please. Who 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 has the better chance of getting knocked off? The Nets or the Lakers? I feel like the Ooh. Nets have yeah. the better chance of getting knocked off in the Eastern Conference than the Lakers do in the Western Conference. If we're assuming, if we're assuming hundred percent health, I could, I could see the the Nets. I could see the Nets getting getting bumped just because 
shooting can come and go. You can have be off. You can jam a finger and not be injured. And like you're shooting just, you just ain't right. Where the Lakers do have uh, just size and physicality where they can just like, hey, we're not shooting the ball well, but we're going to beat you up. We're going to out-rebound you. We're so the Milwaukee Bucks did. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. So, like, to me, when you have multiple ways to beat a team, it's just a tweak harder to, to take them out and upset them. Because, like, let's say they're, like, a team is shooting the ball well and the Lakers aren't. They, they're like, all right, screw this. We're just going to defend and do it that way. The Brooklyn Nets really have one way to beat you, and that's pure firepower. We're so if, if guys aren't shooting well, or something happens, they could lose to a team like the Bucs or to a Philadelphia 76ers team that's loaded or somebody like that. Remember when the narrative was that shooting won't win championships or, or being Yeah, the game has right? changed, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They, they, but that's when the Warriors fine. did it, right? Yeah, so to my point, to my point, though, are the Nets the best as assembled now offensive firepower team that we've ever seen? By far. So then my point here is how can that not i still think i still think to me i don't know there's just something to me that says the best way for the best uh, this is going to be the best brand of basketball was the golden state warriors when they had dre steph clay and kd because the ball movement and the spot up shooters and say whatever you want all three of those guys can create off the dribble for themselves like clay thompson ain't james harden or kyrie irving but like you're not just gonna stand in front of Clay and he's not gonna jab no. to the left, step back, do something like Clay's got one-on-one work. Make Clay no mistake tall. on that. He's not okay. just gonna dribble it 12 times, then he's six foot seven. So my thing is that I still think that the Golden State Warriors offensive team is a smidge better because there was more ball movement and not as ball dominant play with the Brooklyn Nets. But the Brooklyn Nets are just a fraction below them from a style of play standpoint. That that's you know that, that that's the that's where I think they they they. Here's fall. an honest question: Is a random thought. I love the idea of the Chicago Bulls. Are they top five in the East this year? No. Oh, even with Demar Derozan. Yeah, I, no, I think they're six or seven. I think they're I think six, they're or, six seven. or seven. I, I wouldn't say yeah. top five. So who's your five? Nets, Bucks, Bucks, uh, Miami. You Philly. Got, got Philly. Hawks heat. Oh, Philly. Hawks heat. What about Hawks. heat? Yeah. Oh, Boston. Yeah, I like Boston. Boston? Boston? I, see, I don't know. I, I'm still not sold on Boston, but I think I, Boston. I know Boston you're a Boston is. guy, but come on, man. No, 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 no. Look, I give Boston a business, but what I'm, thinking, <laughs> what I'm saying is, is that you still have Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, right? You add, yeah. you, you add Dennis Schroeder. You 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 did pick up Al Horford. Look, I know it's not Al oh. Horford. Look, I know it's not Al Horford of old, but Sh- Sh- Shannon. Shut up. Shut up. It's the same thing, right? But look, I just like I like some of the moves. Like I feel like Josh Richardson will be pretty good uh, coming in off the bench for them. Like that's an underrated pickup, and they yeah, no, they're done. good. And they saved like $18 million that they could use right now in case they might want to go get a Buddy Hill because the way that Davion Mitchell is playing, he's almost forcing Sacramento to make a decision. 
He's special. My least, my least favorite team is the Washington Wizards right now. My really? least favorite team. They have surpassed the they have surpassed the Kings and Knicks um, as the teams that frustrate me the most because the Knicks are actually they're a well oiled oh, machine Minnesota. right now. Not even I, I, I love. I really like I like the uh, I like the Mitchell kid from the Kings. I think he is a, a, a you say a culture builder as a rookie because of the way he plays. He's like a Marcus Smart where he plays so hard on the defensive end. He's physical. He loves to take the challenge, and that can inspire your teammates. Because one, you got a guy that can put out a flame. You got a guy that can bring up the intensity. So I, I really like what the Sacramento Kings have done. You know, with, with the option that they had. But if the Washington Wizards don't figure out what they're going to do with Bradley Beal, like that part, oh. and I know Bradley Beal doesn't want, you know, Bradley Beal doesn't want to leave. I understand that, but like you're like you're just sitting there with an All NBA player. You're not going to win anything. He's going to win enough games that's going to take your draft pick from from possibly two or three to like eight or nine. So you're really kind of in between. Nobody really wants to sign with you as a free agent because your team is in limbo. You have a guy that you can get either an all-star or like number one, number two type picks in four and some assets and build again. Very similar to what they did with Oklahoma City. Don't tell me letting go of Russell Westbrook, letting go uh, of, of Paul George and trading those guys to start over. What is Washington doing? You don't have enough. John Wall and 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 John Wall and Bradley Beal when they were younger weren't enough, but they were young. They were young, so you're like, we're gonna keep riding this out. We have a great backcourt. But now he gone, Russell gone. You got you got you got you know. And I'm not like advocating for him to leave a situation, but that shit is. If they don't trade him, they're never going to make it ever anywhere currently the way they are like constructed. Like you're not going to find somebody to add next to Bradley Beal that's going to turn you into a second round, third, you know, possible conference finals opponent or like team. Allie, I got a question for you. Yeah. So like being on the women's side of things, right? Seriously. And like getting in, like, cause you know, obviously we, you know, me and Richard experienced some things that happened without, you know, in our job. And I just want to know, like, women are like, do y'all uplift each other? Do y'all try to bring each other along? Do y'all have haters? Do y'all, you know, like, I just want to know what's going on on the women's side of things. And this is a serious question. RJ, you looking at me crazy, but I really want to know because, you know, I just feel like certain times I be looking and it's just like, I don't watch, you know, women reporters, women, you know, analysts, they don't walk by each other, don't speak to each other. I just want to know from your side, Ali, is it hard? Like, you know, do y'all stay with a certain group? Are you in your own lane? Like, how is it? It's a serious yeah. question. Yeah, Not and really. I obviously take it seriously and I answer it with the utmost respect, obviously, for other women, because I do know that coming in and just being in this business alone is challenging. It's hard. Um, I think at the end of the day, whether you're a male or a female, um, no matter skin color, um, ethnicity, anything, there is a competitive level and an aspect for everyone. Um, I think we're all trying to be the best at what we do. Um, and as we know, there's not enough opportunities. But I think if you operate with the intention of an abundance mindset, um, and having support for one another, um, because there is so much on the outside that we can't control 
but yet can dictate, um, you can get caught up in a very tough, degrading um, place. And so I think within the walls of women, um, just to answer your question specifically, I personally, when I was with the Cavs, um, from that role as a sideline reporter, we developed a sideline courtside club hashtag in which we leaned on one another. Um, we had open dialogue, open communication. Um, there were text messages that go on behind the scenes. Um, I, I often find that to be more personable, if you will, um, though I think social media plays such a huge role. Um, yeah, there is support that does go on. And I think it's important. And I don't think it can be stressed enough um, because at the end of the day, we all just want to do our jobs. We want to do it at the best of our ability. Right. Um, and with distractions of not wanting to support one another, what service are you doing? Thanks. But I do, I have experience I've witnessed. Um, I feel it. Um, and I try to give it as much as I can support hundred percent. You may not always see it. I think the other thing you have to remember too, and we all are in these spaces, I tend to get caught up in it, especially when I'm out in the field, um, rehearsing lines and being so locked in that I may not have time before a game to communicate. But that's when like the opportunities on non-game nights during the day, sending quick text messages, um, which happen. Um, it matters. Yeah. 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 That's a great so, question. So we, and we yeah, actually so, have, yeah. what's that? Go ahead. Go ahead with the next question. Right. No, I was just going to say, we have a couple questions and then if you guys don't mind, we can wrap it up, but just to give it, what's that? I'm laughing at Rich, just his, you know. His championship here. trophy that he has in his house right now? Yeah, I'll let. Um, yeah, like, this is not the real Larry O'Brien, though. Like, oh, my God, that's so tiny. How, how cool is that? It's so cool. We couldn't help but um, obviously notice it. Um, okay, a couple of questions. Ole Iz Perk. What made you come up with Carry On? Uh, I actually st stole it from Kevin Gates, <laughs> right? I used to follow Kevin Gates and he would say it for a while. He'd be like, carry on. I was like, okay, cool. I like that. And so when I start putting something out there that I feel like is bold or something that I really mean, I put I start putting carry on. And then when I put it every time. But every, listen, time, every time you say something, it's bold. Yeah, I know. That's I know. It, that's why I put carry on. But then I started using carry on, and it's kind of like, okay, if it's if even if I tweet something, I'm gonna put carry on. But if I really feel something, it's carry right? the hell on. Exactly. <laughs> I've noticed. You ever given a you ever give a you ever given a carry the fuck on? No, I, I never did that. <laughs> <laughs> How many times do you want to do that? <laughs> all right. Uh, this is for all three of you. Carson A. Merck, which former opponent or teammate would each of them box in a celebrity boxing match? Like, so, uh, just a former celebrity? Which celebrity? didn't you say today, Richard, that you beat someone up? No, I got into a fight with Kenyon Martin. <laughs> what? You've already done it. And you're alive? No, no yeah. No, because it was more of like, <laughs> we were referencing that we were referencing the KD Draymond thing and how they had that thing. And it's like, then, you know, the, the both of them referenced and again, like let them speak their truth. Um, and our job is to somewhat interpret it and, and trying to get other sides of the truth. But they were like, well, you know, they set us down and blah, blah. And that was the same thing. Me and Kenyon got into a fight in Portland after a game 
Next day, like both of us in Byron Scott's office, he wanted to talk to us about what the fuck is going on. We went to his room and he just like, I want to make sure that this is cool. There's no lingering. And me and Kenny, Kenny was like a big brother to me. And so I just like, it was, um, it really was a misunderstanding. It was a misunderstanding. Kenyon put his hands on me. He shouldn't have done that. But like, even to this day, we became stronger. And to this day, he's one of the most respected teammates that I have ever had. So like when they were talking about, well, you know, only me and KD can fix this and blah, blah. And it's like, well, okay, well, why didn't you fix it? Right. And obviously it didn't get fixed if he left. So is this really on Steve Kerr? Is this really on no. Bob Myers? That, that to me was just like, at no point in time in any bit of their conversation was it like, you know what? There are some things that I wish I did differently, but the way they handled it didn't help, then, right? And that was the part that I just didn't hear enough of. Then Jordan punched Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr got punched by Jordan. And then yeah. Jordan reached out to him in the car. And then Jordan hit him with a pass for the game one. I mean, that's, yeah, I mean, that's how part you do of it. it in old school. But if I had one guy, and he's not even my former teammate, but he feel like that I talk shit and I feel like he talk shit, it's Draymond Green. Like if I had to get in the ring and, and really put these paws on somebody, it would be Draymond Green. But I really think he don't want that smoke. And history tells me that he really don't want that smoke. <laughs> Somebody's gonna click just that part. Yeah, Chang, who Chang. do you wanna fight? What, what, what hey. referee? Is it Bob Delaney? Is it Dick Bavetta? Like who? No, is no, no. Loki, Richard. I'm throwing hands at Richard. I'm throwing these things. <laughs> bing, bing, bing. I'm jamming see, the see, shit see, out of Richard. See, All see, the and, and look, Listen, look, bing, bing. Look, you gonna say what? Well, bing, what? What? All I'm gonna say, all I'm gonna say is oh, don't boop. let the don't let don't let no, nope, I'm not I'm gonna interrupt you the whole time. Don't let the, the, enunci the, don't let the enunciating fool you chanting. Like <laughs> growing up in South Philly, growing up in South Central <laughs> LA. In South Philly? I have been into more fights than you chanting. If you really think because I'm you know, seven like, foot, you know, I'm like, actually bigger look, than people. Look, they don't want dad, this. My, my, my dad, rest his soul. My dad, rest his soul, was a South Philly guy, born and raised. Did left there when he was 35, and that is boxing. That is boxing country. So me and my two brothers, that's what he first boxing gloves I ever got. He taught us about a jab. He taught us about a hook shot. So Channing, if you wish, I'll if you want that, I don't think if that I lose to somebody, I gotta know you. When when I lose or you lose, I'm gonna pick you up. We gonna get our cheese and we are gonna go party together. I don't want to have to try and kill you like when we box. I don't like those feelings. Because if I honestly hate you, I'm stacking my boxing gloves with weights and Can I'm we... throwing nasty jabs and we, that, I'm trying true. to put you nightmare. literally illegal. You can kill Can we make this happen, please? No. Kurt, no. can no. you send a tweet you out right now and make this happen, please? Richard and Jenny? One thing I've learned, right, this is the thing. You can't just like from watching these celebrity boxing matches and stuff like that, you can just jump out there and think that you could fight and jump oh. out there. Like, <laughs> we've learned that you just need to leave people alone. But would you do it? What's your rate? What would you do it for if you were offered? If I was offered, it depends. Like, like if it's if it's Draymond who I call it, <laughs> I, 
I do it for I do it for five hundred thousand. <laughs> what? Yeah, five hundred thousand. I get in the ring for five hundred grand. And, Stop it. Yeah, I mean because I mean it would be a beautiful thing to see. Actually, really. how many days would you have to be on that salad no no soda diet? Uh, nah, because I mean this my oat my setup with my oat man. Look, I don't even want to get it. <laughs> Set up with your oatmeal. What? Not, but my overhand right. Listen, Shannon. If you got knocked out, I'll be the first to text you. Oh no, you are... got knocked up out. Shannon, Shannon, I would tell you to bet your house on. <laughs> you just got it remodeled too. These hands are so official, crazy. Perk, yeah, we okay. love yeah, when you come on our podcast. Will you continue to come on our podcast? Absolutely, absolutely. Look. look. I'm all good with it. I'm telling you, I'm all good with it. With uh, these two at the bottom be tripping, all right? And, and great tripping. I'm at the top. I swear, I promise after the, look, Ali, I appreciate it. Y'all call me on any time. But look, I cannot wait for the Lakers to win this championship because uh -huh. I'm going to put Shannon, I'm going to put RJ, and I'm going to put Braun all on the group message. And we're gonna run this episode back. We're Wait, gonna run this episode back. No, that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna run this episode back. Let's run it back in Vegas. Where at? Let's go to Vegas and be in person. Okay. Oh, I'm so sorry you won. Oh. Yeah. Hey, I love you. Guys. With that it's said, we want to thank uh, the Wagner family of Camus Vineyards for always supplying us with all of that wonderful wine that we love sipping on here on Road Trippin'. So shout out to Camus and Perk because we love you. Uh, we're gonna send you a couple bottles. Oh, I appreciate so, it. In right. uh, the words of... Carry the hell on. Yeah. That's another edition of Road Tripping.